Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. Today we're going to talk to a woman who has become a lifeline to many parents with children who have cancer. She saves lives, and that's what we're going to talk to her about. The identity of the person we're talking to is going to remain anonymous. We'll simply call her Granny. Granny, thanks very much for joining us. You're welcome. How did you discover cannabis oil? Actually, I heard a radio interview about three, gosh, maybe four years ago with Corey Ellen. <clears throat> Excuse me, I probably will cry. Why is that? Um, I tend to think this very emotional. I got involved in this because so many children were so sick and families were running. In America, people just drop everything and leave their whole life so their child can get medicine. And I think that's wrong. You shouldn't have to leave your world to save your children. The medicine should be available to all children. Granny, after you heard Corey's interview, tell me what you did. Well, I started experimenting with the oil, watching Rick's videos and doing it for myself. And I started noticing immediate benefits. And I got on Corey's websites and I started paying attention to how many parents were begging for help in this country. Across the world, parents are just begging to get help. And so you started making the oil yourself? Yeah, I literally started. And to this day, I I help people facilitate to get this oil to the children across the country. We work in underground that is nationwide in several countries, making sure that children can get access to this medicine. Do you remember the first time you made the oil? Uh, I very much do. Yes, I do. I even remember the very first child I ever helped. Yep. Okay. Tell me about the first time you made the oil. For yourself. Yeah, when you were first making it for yourself. The very first time I made it, I used to make it with uh, flavored moonshine. I didn't know any better in the early days. We were just making candy out of it. But I just kept watching Rick's videos and learned what to do. By simply doing that, he teaches you completely what to do. And so you made your first batch of oil. How was it? Was it a good quality? You know what? I, I didn't ever in the beginning years have it tested. I would just use it myself. And what I started noticing was my glaucoma numbers stabilized. My eyes started getting better. My wife was using it. She started feeling better, losing weight, using less pain medicine. Our health just overall started increasing. I started feeling good, just good. I want to ask you about the glaucoma, because I have a friend who's starting on oil uh, tomorrow, actually, and he will be taking it for his glaucoma, which is very bad. It's deteriorating. He just sees little bits of light. Did Did your eyesight improve, or did it just stabilize your glaucoma? 
It brought the pressure numbers down. As long as I use oil daily, I keep my numbers on one eye down in the 18 and one in the 20s. I still have relatively good eyesight. They have not taken away my glasses or my driving privileges. Sorry. I wear glasses, but they, they still let me drive. So I truly believe being a lifelong user of cannabis in every form I could get and now using cannabis oil daily for years, it has kept my pressure down. How much do you use during a day? Um, we probably take maybe a half a gram a day total for the oil. Um, I smoke cannabis. I eat cannabis. So I'm not quite sure overall how much I use a day, probably more than the average person. You know, Sharon, one of the issues, unfortunately, with this friend of Ian's, who's a lovely man, he's a great, great individual, uh, is that uh, he's very, very scared of getting high. And unfortunately, like many people was misdirected the first time he tried to, uh-huh. to um, ingest some and got really, really high, and uh, it scared the hell out of him. Yeah, he suffers from depression as well. Yeah, I yeah. You know what? It would actually help his depression, too. Amazingly, Corey, you know what? I hear this story all the time from people who tell me it's as simple as this. They don't follow directions. They go to take, I say, a spoonful, or they try to eat even a gram. I, I've heard of, I've known grown men who thought they were just tough as can be, eat a spoonful and from him there in the shower crying so the one thing about cannabis oil you must start and follow the regimes rick sent down about a rice size grain is to this day what i tell people you start that small no matter what yeah start slow and i've got to tell you too granny i've had a number of uh men who have said ah yeah i've been smoking all my life i'll be fine and they'll call me the next day oh my god yeah Yeah, it doesn't matter how you've ingested it if you've smoked cannabis your whole life this is just a much different form And, and i know you know the science missy girl but but i know that the body feels it differently and what i know is it starts to reset your body everyone tells me i run into people all the time it it did something for my pain. It did something for my MS. I hear people that it stopped my, you know, my sleep problems. It's like bowel problems. I don't know what it is, but there's something in the cannabis that goes and finds what's wrong and tries to fix it. Yeah, simple. Granny, tell me about when you started making the oil and you started helping children. You mentioned earlier that you can remember the very first child you helped. Tell us that story. Um, There was a little boy in California. Um, He needed the oil, and there were about four or five of us got together and, and taught his mother completely how to make his own oil and take care of him. And sad to say, Spencer won his fight when he left us, but he still won his fight. And um, yeah, good life using cannabis. You can give them quality. When they put these children on opiates and they put them on the things they do to them, it destroys their quality of life. Even if they win their battle by, by gaining their angel wings, they still need quality while they're here. Quality of life. I mean, just um, as a parent, watching your child suffer is, I think, got to be the worst, worst thing. And if you can alleviate the suffering in that child it just makes a huge difference 
It really does. I People all the time say, if nothing else, they, it changed the quality of the, their life. They, they got better. They felt better. They played a little. They went outside. Give them back something. And in a lot of cases, we are seeing it turn around. There is a boy in America, Landon Riddle, his very, very famous story. His mother turned his life around. That little boy is no evidence of disease at all. Yes, we interviewed uh, Landon's mom, as a matter of fact. Yeah, she, she's an awesome lady. She is. Granny, when you help children and you are successful and i'm sure you are most of the time with a a child recovering from a a very serious illness what does that do for you emotionally (laughs) that's why i think i cry so much It, it changed this whole work changed my life i've devoted as much time as i can to helping these children and and watching them get better seeing their cards seeing how happy they are it, you know what is the most rewarding thing in the world to have a child tell you that they feel good they just feel good yeah and all of the you know all of the children that you've pl- literally plucked off of their deathbeds and got up and playing and happy it's uh, um it's amazing yeah, we have some, we have some amazing success stories. We talk to people all the time who tell me that they were sent home by the hospital and this is it and just go die. And we can turn that around with with immediate attention, with the right diet, with cannabis oil. These children can be saved, and I just think the medical community is not willing to see the money in it yet. No, that's right. How many children do you feel that you've uh, assisted? <laughs> Over the years, uh, I would guess a couple hundred. Um, I carry a load of about 30 children all the time that we personally help take care of. Granny, I think it's important to mention, too, that one of the really neat things uh, that you do is that no child is turned away and there That's is right. no cost to the parents. Yeah, yeah. The railroad that we put together in this adventure of mine i wanted it to be free these parents are suffering just going to medical visits costs them so much money and they can't afford this and these farmers have it these kids who are recreational using it will donate it i go to these people and i tell them stories i tell them stories about these children and what we find is nine times out of ten hands down people will donate medicine to these children straight up and that that way there's no cost to the family they cannot afford this when you make the oil do you get the product free from others or do you grow it no i'm not a farmer i get the product donated from others and then i make the oil off of that now granny do you make just oil or you mentioned uh candy uh, actually, we make oil. We're setting up candy businesses. We do a lot of edibles. The one thing that's really good for these children is to find ways to get this oil into them that is children-friendly. And little pieces of edibles are amazing little things when it comes to little little kids. They'll eat things they like. I, I know children in New York one time, the only thing that boy would eat was uh, chicken nuggets. That was it. So chicken, medicated chicken nuggets became that boy's diet. No way. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. You can almost medicate anything that has oil or butter in it in any form. You can use that to be a cannabis carrier. 
Caramels are the most amazing thing. We have found that, that we can make amazing caramels, and children just love caramels. Who, who doesn't? You don't have to be a child to love a caramel, right? That's right. <laughs> well, that's true, too, and, and that's part of what helps support these children. We sell the caramels and the edibles, and that helps support these kids. Because I'll do anything I can to keep the money coming for these families. And it's got to go directly to the family. I understand people giving to these charities. But when you go to give to a charity, first question you better ask is, how much does that CEO make? Because I bet you in every town where everyone lives in the world, they could find a family who would take a $20 bill. Granny, when people come to you with their sick children, uh, what is the most common ailment? Is it cancer? Yes. Yeah. Children, it's cancer. And sad to say right now in the, in America, the biggest thing is DIPG cancer. DIPG. And for people who don't know, that's a brain tumor, diffuse something. I call it the DIPG tumor. But anyway, it's the biggest yes. nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's a brainstem tumor. It's a huge nightmare, and it's really hard to make that brainstem cooperate. Um, quite a few scientists in America, the few doctors who are working with cannabis, are really trying hard to research how do we get it in there. Yeah, now, it's uh, my understanding, I think, that there aren't any cannabinoid receptors in that part. In the brainstem. In the brainstem, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's and how do you get get it in? How do you that, get it in? Now, I know we've had a number of of kids with that, and and just for uh, reference, it's diffuse intrinsic pontine glioma. It's the full name for it. So that's the mouthful. Doesn't that sound awful? It, yeah, and it is awful. And unfortunately, certainly, I know that I've spoken with you and said for every thirty calls I get from parents, unfortunately, twenty nine of those are going to be brain tumors. Yeah. Yeah, it is so common, and I I wish I could explain it. I'm sure if the government cared to do a study, they'd find out there's a reason there's clusters of them. Yes, yeah. Granny, you you help people all over the world. What's the farthest distance that you've helped someone? Um, I think Australia. Israel. Yeah. Israel, actually, yes, Israel. But I thought cannabis was quite... uh, I thought it was legal medically in Israel. I believe it's totally legal medically in Israel. Basically, what happened is I met a man who lives in New York whose mother is in Israel and dying, and he wanted to get oil to her immediately. So I don't know that the thing is, can they get the cannabis oil? Now, I know there was a study <clears throat> where they're saying they're even injecting into the tumors in Israel. Yeah, and uh, I think I read a couple of weeks ago that Israel is going to uh, legalize recreational cannabis. Uh, I may be I may be wrong on that, but also I know that Israel uses cannabis in seniors' homes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is great. They're way open. You know what? The whole world is open to it. it, it it's time they embrace it. The medical community, if they would come to this open-minded where we could go is phenomenal granny what's the youngest uh, the age of the youngest person you've helped um a little girl named penelope she was three months old what was her issue um she had brain cancer and she had kidney failure and surgery to remove the brain tumor she died 
Talk to us about a couple of cases that really stand out for you. I mean, I know they all hold a special place in your heart. They all hold special. There's a little boy um, back east, I would call. uh, Let's just call him Q. Um, I met his parents. He was on on his deathbed. And that little boy is eight years old, and I just got his school picture a couple weeks ago, and he was phenomenal, just phenomenal. When he was on his deathbed, what did he have? Uh, it was DIPD. Ugh. Using a mix of, that I was taught by someone else, we were able to turn that around. Awesome. So awesome. now with a lot of that, yeah, with DIPD, I tell them, you know, we can't make promises, but I, I show them stories like that. There's, you know, there's young people across this country. There's a little boy in Chicago that his mother sends me an update every month from him, and he's just doing phenomenal. Another one with cancer, uh, I think it was brain cancer, and he's just doing phenomenal. What do you hear from parents whose child that you have helped? They are the most grateful people on God's green earth. Parents are awesome. They will do. They will do anything to save their child. Anything. And I, you know, amazingly, when a child has earned its wings. I've never had a parent come back and say, I'm mad or I'm angry or any of that. Instead, they say, now what can I do for the work? How can I pay this forward? Yeah. Every yeah. parent I've ever dealt with has gone on to pay it forward. It's addictive, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, helping people. Very addictive. Yeah, Corey will tell you, this work is very addicting, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the good and the bad, you know. There's days people say I cry way too much, and there's days when I'm just so happy I can't see straight. Yeah. You're, are you okay now? I'm doing really good. You know what? I, I get through. Makes me cry a little whenever I try and talk to people, but that that's kind of good, too. It shows the emotion. This is very emotional for you, I can tell, because I can see you on Skype when we're, we're talking here, and, yes. and uh, you uh, you wipe your eyes occasionally because you're yeah, uh, you're very emotional. Yeah, I, I'm really emotional about this issue. It, you know, it just it touched my heart to see children dying when they shouldn't be dying. Well, that's just and it. And it, when you know, crazy. when you know that there's an answer. That's yeah. going, that has the potential to save them and definitely is going to give them a quality of life. And yet here are these kids suffering so horribly. Oh, awful. You know what? There, there's, they love to show you the little bald faces and faces of cancer, but um, the face of cancer is a horrid, horrid, ugly little face screaming, Mommy, don't make me. And those are just completely breathtakingly horrid moments in a child's life and if we can make that not be we should and you know what else is horrible as well besides exactly what you talked about is a child with epilepsy oh yes yeah i mean yeah now have you had a lot of parents with children with epilepsy uh we have what you know what we've learned over the years with epilepsy is cbd is much more important than thc when it comes to epilepsy there's some things like batten's disease b-a-t-t-e-n-s yes there was a little girl who had actually sent her into a non-stop seizure for almost 24 hours so some seizure disorders thc is really bad but 90% of the seizures disorders can be controlled with CBD. 
one of the people that we've interviewed on this program has said that using cannabis is like a bit of a dance. Everyone is different, and you have to find out what works for you. Yeah, what the sweet spot is. Yeah, and then once you find that, the sweet, once you find the sweet spot, it's sweet. Exactly. I tell everyone that everybody's different. Your body's going to tell you what you need to know. You'll crave it. Granny, when you started doing this, you were dealing with primarily children, I assume, and uh, eventually adults enter into the picture. What has been the difference in the number of years that you've been doing this in terms of the profile of people you see, adults versus children? You know what? There, uh, with adults, we've seen a lot of variety of things. We have a lot of different cancers. It's amazing how many people have come to the cannabis community. We have, I've seen MS, we have sleep apnea, soldiers. There is a, a lot of soldiers using cannabis to deal with PTSD rather than use the drugs prescribed by the government. Um, you guys did a story the other day about Stacy Debris. She was able to get off heroin. That's not an uncommon story. The war on opiates could be completely stopped by handing out cannabis oil to everyone who's on opiates. One, it would stop their pain, and two, they wouldn't need the opiates anymore, and their bodies would start to heal. Um, from children to adults alike, we are seeing a variety of things. Children with ADHD are seeing significant improvement in the quality of their life by simply eating a little bit of candy. They don't know they're taking a medicine anymore. They're not taking a pill that makes them sick or unfunctioning. They're simply enjoying life by taking a little candy. And I just think that's a much better way to go. You know, one of the things that I've learned by doing this, and i got to tell you, uh, Granny, I'm the biggest hypocrite of all, because before I interviewed uh, Corey on commercial radio, I knew nothing about marijuana. I had the same opinion of marijuana as probably the majority of people used to have, which was that it was a dangerous drug. And since then, I've done a 180, and uh, I think it's probably the best medicine ever created. It's just absolutely phenomenal. Yep. One of the things that surprises me in doing interviews with people from around the world is that they take the cannabis for a specific illness or ailment they have. Then all of a sudden, something else improves. I mean, we've talked to people who have, right. who have quit smoking because uh, they've taken cannabis. People who have quit drinking because they have taken cannabis. And the stories are quite amazing, aren't they, Corey? I mean, yeah. you, you've known this for, yeah. e for years. Yeah, it's but, just amazing. But what happens is that an ailment they had has improved, but it has also improved other physical aspects within their body. Yeah, that people weren't counting on. Yeah, this is it. You know what? Somewhere along the line, the government's got involved and took this away. But God gave this plant to the people and said, use it. It was here a long time. I think we should have never stopped using it. People have seen so many things, just so many things, and so many people. I know an old Amish gentleman, his whole life, he swore he would never do anything. That man eats a caramel a day, period. He swears by it now. It changed his world. Have you noticed over the years uh, an increase in various types of cancer that just were not as common, uh, say, 10 years ago that they are today? Well, yeah, when I was a kid, I grew up in the 1960s, and it was whispered. It was called the C word. 
The worst thing is these clusters of brain cancer in little kids in the East Coast, and nobody's checking out why. On the East Coast. On the East Coast. That's it. that's a, interesting. Yeah. On the East Coast of America, I see a significant increase in brain cancer in children and young adults on the East Coast, and no one's looking into it. Do you have any suspicions as to why? Well, let's see. All them power plants out there have to be something, right? A friend of mine told me you can't drive more than 100 miles on the East Coast of America without seeing a power plant. You talk about nuclear power plant? I think nuclear, I think there's all this other, you know, this new administration just brought coal back to America. The pollution, the, the food we feed these children. I see a significant rise in the way our children are fed. We believe in whole food eating. Don't go to a frozen food section and buy them something called French toast. That's not real food. No. It's full of preservatives. It's full of chemicals. If you can't count the chemical and figure out what it is, you probably shouldn't be giving it to your children. What has been your biggest pleasure in doing this and saving lives? I mean, when when you go to the great beyond, uh, what are you going to say to uh, your, your maker about what you did during your lifetime? The children. I hope that there are a lot of children. Yeah. yeah. I, I plan on, on making sure that I can't count them. <laughs> that's That's the goal. I want there to be so many children who've been helped one way or another, I simply can't count them. Anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, just that, you know, everything I do all started with Miss Corey there. She was completely, 100% the inspiration for me. And any child who knows Granny helped them anywhere, anytime, knows it all started back there with Miss Corey. Tell me about that interview that you heard with Corey. What was it that, that really inspired you? You know what? She was on a, a radio show, and she was just talking about how it had changed her life. She was so powerfully strong in her belief that she did change, and she could do it. And it just led me to believe it had to help. My wife, at, the po- at that point, had had serious back surgery. She was on a lot of medication. I wanted to see if we could get her off. And amazingly, we have done amazing getting her off most of her meds over the years. We know we turned her life around, and it started there. And then the very next story was simple, a little child that I couldn't get help to. I promised then and there, no child left behind. I think that might have been the very first interview I ever did. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, yeah. I think oh, it was. Cool. You were so strong and powerful, and you believed so much in it. And you just everyone who listened to that had to hear it. I did. Was that on an American radio station? It was yeah. a, a podcast. Yeah. Uh, Something cannabis radio years ago. It didn't really go very far, but he would get on there and interview people, and I remember when he had Corey, I happened in to listen, and I was so just touched by Corey's just power in this. Granny, what do you think of our radio show? I love it. It's awesome. You guys are doing wonderful things. Do you listen every day? Most days? I listen every day, but I try to at least put them aside and listen when I can. Yep. Yeah. No, we uh, try and Talk to people who have used cannabis oil and who have who lives have changed. For example, yes. the other day we uh, last week we talked to a couple of people from the UK who both had brain tumors, 
and cannabis changed their life. Actually, yeah. cannabis saved them. Yeah. There's so many people who once... The list is, is growing people who are being saved and people whose lives are being changed by this. And the world governments have to start paying attention to what this is. It, you know, I understand they were taught to believe it was recreational, and I get that there is a purpose for that. But if you would look at 9 out of 10 people who medicate, you might be able to find out they're medicating more than they're recreating. They it's, just don't know it. Exactly. And I think something else maybe we should clarify here, too, with these children is these children aren't walking around stoned out of their skulls. No. Because I think that's no, a big... these children, it is amazing how much these children are not stoned out of their skulls. It affects them in almost, it used correctly and in the right doses and under their parents' supervision. These children are living productive lives. They're going to school. They're happy. They're playing outside. They're doing the things a child should be doing. Not living in a hospital hooked to a breathing machine. Go to any hospital. Go upstairs to those wards. It'll change your life. Granny, it was great to talk to you. Great to meet you. And Thank you. We appreciate your time. And keep helping people and keep listening. Alright, we will. <laughs> Goodbye, Missy Lady. Goodbye, Granny, and thank you so much for doing this. Okay, bye-bye. And that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. If you'd like to advertise or sponsor on Cannabis Health Radio, send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. And if you have a health issue which has been corrected through the use of cannabis, you can also send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com if you'd like to be interviewed about that condition. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.